morning. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Joseph Zechevich. We are struggling with trust in America, whether our institutions or each other. Us and them host Trey K. recently partnered with West Virginia University for a conversation on diminished trust in media. The ones who have no sense of ethics, the ones who will sleep with their sources and then rat them out, they never portray what we actually do. That story and more coming up this West Virginia Morning. Support for West Virginia Morning is proudly provided by Luke Frazier. Nearly one in four women will experience severe domestic abuse in their lifetime, and 20% of all violent crime is categorized as domestic violence. Eric Douglas has more. In support of Domestic Violence Awareness Month, Will Thompson, U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of West Virginia, is promoting the importance of enforcing federal firearm prohibitions. Domestic violence abusers with access to a gun are five times more likely to kill their partners, according to Justice Department data. In West Virginia, 14 of the 19 domestic violence homicides reported in 2020 were committed with firearms. Under federal law, offenders with domestic violence misdemeanor and felony convictions and those subject to domestic violence protective orders are prohibited from purchasing or possessing firearms. For more information or resources to help victims of domestic violence, visit our website at wvpublic.org. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, this is Eric Douglas in Charleston. West West Virginia will receive federal funds to help eliminate forever chemicals from drinking water. Curtis Tate has more. The Department of Environmental Protection will receive $1 million from the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency to address PFAS and drinking water sources. The state agency will use the funds to engage with communities in the northern and eastern panhandles and develop PFOS action plans. PFOS are a group of around 10,000 man-made chemicals that have been used to manufacture both industrial and consumer products. The U.S. Geological Survey found them in 67 of the state's 279 raw water systems with clusters in the eastern panhandle and the Ohio River Valley. The EPA has proposed legally enforceable limits for PFOS in water systems nationwide. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Curtis Tate in Charleston. Thousands of visitors from all over the region visit the small town of Canova each year to see more than 3,000 pumpkins aglow for the Halloween weekend. Brianna Heaney has the story. Almost all of the 3,000-plus pumpkins at the Canova Pumpkin House start at Jason Ecker's farm. He began farming after quitting his public service job of 20 years to follow his dream of being a substance farmer. After having success producing and selling sweet corn, Ecker's longtime friend and Canova Pumpkin House owner, Rick Griffith, asked him if he would grow him some pumpkins. So we started growing, and we grew him 500 pumpkins one year, and we grew him 1,000. Next thing you know, we're at 1,500, and now we're at 3,000. So That's Ecker's. He is also the district supervisor of the Guyan Conservation District in southern West Virginia. Its Agricultural Conservation Board advocates for sustainable farming practices. He says growing pumpkins is complicated work. The first couple years I struggled because pumpkins is it's a little bit different than anything else. There's so many diseases and so many things that you have to fight, so you have to spend a lot of money to be able to raise them. It's almost like uh, an antibiotic. You have to treat them with different things. Every six days you have to spray all summer. Once the pumpkins are ready, they harvest them and bring them over to Griffith's house starting in early October. Over the course of the month, Griffith will start sketching cutout patterns on the pumpkins. 
Sometimes he will freehand, or sometimes he will choose a design from one of the 18 binders he keeps in one of his sheds that are solely dedicated to the event. My wife, she's got a doctorate in psychology, and so it's kind of hard to dispute her diagnosis that I have an obsessive-compulsive disorder. Well, I have 18 books of drawings, and right now I can't find the dancing cats because I can't remember how I drew them. Exactly one week from the festival, Griffith starts to open the pumpkins for carving. He has to wait until the last possible moment to start opening the pumpkins so that they don't go bad. The first few steps are for cleaning out the pulp from the pumpkin. Pulp removal is done with the help of volunteer children. The neatest thing about this is the volunteers. We had a school here earlier, Lawrence County, Kentucky's actual beta club, and those kids did probably 200 pumpkins at least. Or with the help of adults and a contraption specially made for Griffiths Canova Pumpkin House by Martha Stewart. Martha, Martha Stewart sent these, they call them the Martha Nader. It's pretty cool. Seriously. Does a really good job. Let me show you, let me show you how quick. The Marthinator is a giant sturdy metal whisk with an extra long arm that attaches to a drill bit. She made it for him after inviting him on her show. Once the pumpkins are cleaned out, they are soaked in a bleach bath for a couple of hours. Those small little bits of pumpkin will mold and rot and literally infect the pumpkin from within and from without. And so we have a little vat here of water that we add bleach to, uh, which we hope retards some of the mold growth, and it keeps it clean before it's placed on the shelf. And so it may buy us a day or two, because these are real pumpkins, and global warming's not our friend. So if it's too warm, uh, they will rot very quickly. The heat speeds up the decay of the pumpkins, and with the last seven years being the hottest years on record, this means the pumpkins have a higher chance of decaying. After the pumpkins are done with their bleach bath, they are sent to either the amateur shed, where adults use jigsaws to carve more basic drawings into the pumpkin, or from the artist shed where the tools are carefully laid out on the table. Standing lights shine on the pumpkins placed carefully on their pedestals. The carvers peer through magnifying glasses to carve out intricate details in the pumpkin. The room is filled with a silent concentration. After the pumpkins are carved, they will go to their spot in Griffith's master plan. They will either line the house, go on the roof, be a part of the cat choir, be a part of a historical quiz, or be part of a rock band that will be playing country roads. The pumpkins are lit with bulbs connected by nearly a mile of lighting and extension cords. Yeah, I love the I, I love the country roads choir. I do. That's Herbie. He has been volunteering at the Canova Pumpkin House for ten years. When it all comes together, the large house glows a bright orange. From a distance, it looks like a light, bright design of a large house with only orange and yellow pegs. Close up, it's thousands of little pieces of art, ranging from an intricate design of David Letterman to the classic jack-o'-lantern. Never know what you're going to expect, and the, when the display is finished, it, it looks beautiful, like a dream come true, spooky and dark. 
beautiful. Griffith says the most beautiful thing to him about the pumpkin house is all the volunteer hours that go into making it happen. He says that the finished result is a symbol for the greatest thing about his home state, the people. And we have to do it with love and hard work and cooperation. And we have wonderful people. And so I look at this silly celebration every year as something that's sort of a symbol to me of that, in that people come together. It's really an Appalachian thing. People see a need and they jump in and help us, and that's wonderful. The Pumpkin House opens for viewing on Friday and runs until Halloween night. Admission is completely free. It is located in Canova, right outside of Huntington. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Brianna Heaney in Canova. It is 7.52. This is West Virginia Morning. And for weather in West Virginia today, mostly sunny skies. Temperatures from the mid-60s to 70s. Tonight, partly cloudy skies with lows from the mid-50s. Tomorrow, Friday, mostly sunny skies and temperatures from the high 60s and mid-70s. Saturday, sunny skies again, temperatures in the mid-60s and 70s once more, with Sunday partly cloudy, chances of showers with temperatures from the low 70s. We are struggling with trust in America. Some people distrust our institutions and each other. Recently, Us and Them host Trey K. partnered with West Virginia University for a conversation on diminished trust in media. His guests were Rainey Aronson-Rath, editor-in-chief of P the PBS investigative journalism series Frontline, and June Cross, professor of journalism from Columbia University. Here's an excerpt from that conversation. The Department of Environmental Protection will receive one million... This is a Gallup poll, and if we look, this is showing the, the institutions in America that Americans have faith in. Now, you look at the top, it's small businesses, we, mm -hmm. we can see... Uh, small the, businesses, the, that's interesting, yeah. Right, and way at the bottom, under the presidency, is newspapers, and down below that, uh, what is it? Television news. Television news is, is what, uh, I, I can't, it's under big businesses and just above Congress. June, what do you think about that? I mean, I think when you started... I probably agree with it. Yeah? Well, say more. <laughs> I mean, I go to my small businesses in my community most often. I know them. <laughs> uh, I don't know that I trust anything that I hear out of Congress anymore. And I think for a lot of people, journalists, the way we're portrayed on these streaming channels like Netflix, I end up screaming at the TV. Well, how, how are because they Because they portray what journalists who might work for a tab, uh, what we used to call a tabloid, but they, the ones who have no sense of ethics, the ones who will sleep with their sources and then rat them out, they never portray what we actually do. So, Rainey, are we responsible for Americans' growing distrust in institutions? What I think is, and I've thought this for years now, that journalists and editors like myself, so people in positions of power like bosses, need to lean into building trust. 
like we call it at Frontline, we call it turning around the rock. You're always taking an idea and you're looking at it from different angles. You're always reporting against your assumptions. We teach this like almost Socratically at Frontline. But the other thing that I've done at Frontline, which I think is a really great, very important effort, and I want other news organizations to do this too, is we publish the underlying materials of interviews. So if I was to interview you and you're at the university and I'm asking you some tough questions, budget cuts, whatever I want to ask you about, I would then make a piece. We put it in the Frontline documentary, but then I publish the whole conversation and I publish the video too. Is that something you started? Well, we had transcripts. So we always had the text transcripts. So the idea that we would have our transcripts in the public for me as a producer was incredible. So I need to tell you this because this is how I built trust in the field. I covered the culture wars as a producer for Frontline. And what I did was I was able to say to you that I'm going to interview you, but Frontline's going to publish our whole conversation in text, right? Because this is really pre-streaming video. And I got people to sit down with me. And that was the first time I understood the lack of trust was real. They didn't want to be edited. They were nervous what I was going to do with the conversation. That's an excerpt from the latest Us and Them event on trust and media. It was a collaboration with WVU's Reed College of Media. Tune in tonight at 8 p.m. on West Virginia Public Broadcasting, where you can hear the entire episode. There will be an encore broadcast on Saturday, October 28th at 3 p.m. Us and Them is supported by the West Virginia Humanities Council and CRC Fund. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day and on our website at wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureau comes from Shepherd University. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Rihanna Heaney, Caroline McGregor, Chris Schultz, Curtis Tate, Emily Rice, Eric Douglas, Liz McCormick, and Randy Yowie. Caroline McGregor is our assistant news director, and she produced today's episode. I'm Joseph Zechevich. It's 757. 